Greetings, everyone. Welcome. My name is Andy, and you are listening to the podcast that covers all things Disney, Pixar, Marvel, and, of course, Star Wars. That's right. This is the Decast. This week on episode number 154, we have your box office rundown with plenty of Black Panther and Wrinkle in Time talk within that. Mary Poppins Returns trailer, Christopher Robin trailer, Coco at the Oscars, and on Blu-ray, Jon Favreau to write and produce live-action Star Wars series that... And much more with the co-host Skylar Schuler on episode number 154 of the Decast. Hey there, everybody. Welcome. This is Andy, and you, of course, are listening to the podcast that covers all things Disney, Pixar, Marvel, and of course, Star Wars. That's right. This is the Decast. With me, as always, is the man of the plan himself, Skylar Schuler. How you doing today, Skylar? I'm good. Another little week off from the Decast, and it's finally back. Good to be back on track. Uh, I'm, been, I'm super stoked. It's been two weeks for me because last two weeks ago, you guys, you and you and uh, Ben hosted for me. I just had too much stuff going on, and mm-hmm. you guys did amazing. It was funny. I did Thank a lot. I, I, I've been testing out live stream on my YouTube channel and the Decast YouTube channel just to see how it was working and if we something we could do because live streaming is just a lot easier. I mean, you know, you do it on Instagram all the time. You just do it, and then when you're done, you're done. And yeah. So somebody came on there and it was say oh that new that new host that new host you got's horrible this that and everything i didn't realize it was ben um trolling himself on oh the my gosh i'm like oh so i'm like the fed i'm like well why would you like, say what? such a thing that's so stupid are you talking about skylar or ben you just need to and, and he's like hey it's ben i'm like oh jerk <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh yeah, but I've been. I I need to apologize, to listeners. I have just. I I took on way too much this term. We bought a house beginning at the beginning of the term, which we couldn't move into for like six weeks because we had the repairs we had to do, and then I took five classes in film school, which I I thought I could totally handle, and I'm gonna get by. I'm I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not even gonna get a C. I might get a few B's and some A's, but uh, I'm not doing that again. <laughs> You shouldn't. <laughs> oh my! I, I don't. I'm looking at my schedule. I don't think I have to do it anymore. If I take one class over the summer, it's going to be like an online month class. I should be fine to take no more than three classes each term. So, oh gosh, the uh, the, the uh, winter term's almost over. I have spring break, and then we start the spring term. It's weird in, in Oregon. All the public universities do quarters, so it's like summer quarter, spring quarter, winter quarter. But I'm happy. Everything is going to be calming down. Next term, I'm taking lights, lights, camera, audio. I'm taking uh, some like communication class about like interpersonal communication that I am required to take. And then I'm also taking directing for screen. So that'll be fun. So very excited nice. about all that. What's going on with you, Skylar? It's been a while. It's been, been, been a little crazy. Yeah, you know, working, you know, constantly writing yes. on, you know, the websites, keeping that up to date and, you know, same old, same old stuff. Nothing too crazy, I would say, you yeah. know, just working. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of oh, and trying to balance work with everything right now. Gosh, you guys don't want to hear about us. You want to hear about what's going on with the Decast. If you guys want to follow us on all the various social media networks, you can go to the Decast.com. Also, make sure you go to DisneyFilmFacts.com, uh, the number one source for Disney news. Also, where we get all of our information from, or I do when I do the rundown. And also, if you watch uh, Disney Movie News on the Popcorn Talk Network on YouTube, guess where they get all their news from? Mm-hmm. Skylar, Disney Film Facts. It's just <laughs> they don't even they don't even they don't even deny it. They're like, yeah, we get we just you know took what Skylar did and you know talk about it. So that's uh, you no, know, it's a, it's you know it's actually an honor. I, I 
I think it's a real, it's really cool that they go and tr- trust my site for, you know, all their movie news. And I do my best to make sure it's accurate and give little insider tips on like what they're talking about, help them out, st- help steer the conversation. But it's a lot of fun. And I, I really do appreciate it. I think it's so cool that like Leo and Keaton and, and Sarah are friends. Like that's so weird to yeah. me. Like five years ago, if you would have told me that, like I knew, I, I knew who like Leo and, and, um, and Sarah were like, I would have been like, no, no way I'll ever meet them, get to hang out with them, work yeah. with them professionally. Like, I just, it just blows my mind that we're like their friends. That's, yeah. They're, and they're such down to earth, oh, humble such. people. You, you know, they're, they're all over because they, they really are internet, you know, celebrities. They oh, are, they are, they are yeah. celebrities of, you know, YouTube and social media and pop culture. Yes. Um, and and to be honest, in an industry like that, not a lot of people are humble. And the, oh, they're not. You know, no. you know, the, the Disney movie news team, super humble. All of yeah. them. The guys behind the scenes. The guy. Oh, you they know, are. Yeah. Even when it's like Anthony, who does a lot of the engineering for most of the shows, he he's just Anthony's the most one of the nicest guy. guys. Yeah, I, I, very I, nice. I met I, him. I, he was so awesome. He went out of his way to make sure I felt welcome when I was on the show. And oh, that's gosh. exactly how he made me feel. I was like, man, you are such a cool guy. Made sure I followed him on Twitter and everything. And you guys should too. Yeah. Um, yes. And same with Ke- of course Keaton, Sarah, and Leo. I didn't. Ha- I've never met Renee, so I really can't comment on Renee. But you know, that whole team is just they're they're humble and they're they're super nice and you know it's it's just awesome that we're we're able to say that they're our friends and someone we got to work with yeah, we need really to cool. we need to keep on the show because i have been so busy i haven't been able to arrange interviews with other influencers disney influencers so uh gosh i wanted heather traska i've wanted to get on the show keaton i've wanted to get on the show leo's was asked if he could be on the show again um so now that my schedule is going to open up i'm gonna get we're gonna get a lot more of these guys back on the show here uh, but let's keaton's already said yes let's just let's just get keaton. oh yeah keaton keaton's made it very clear that she would love to be on the show so All we'll right. get her on here. so let's get her on here like let's well next week's the the, the five-year anniversary of the decast the five oh, years man i wonder what oh gosh what, what do you have what do you have planned i don't i don't know 100 it would be episode That's 155 big, that is a big anniversary it's for the big anniversary um yeah uh, i've been doing decast for five years and all i got to show for is a slousy t-shirt no i'm joking i've got thirty thousand of you listening you got guys like skylar and all the friends i made the biggest thing is just the community that i i become a part of where I just was like kind of this outlier who had a little tiny podcast and now it's exactly. Oh gosh, it's just really cool. So we got to make it a, we got to make it a special show though. Well, five years. That's a, that's a big, that's a big, you know, five years. Big, well, what's funny is most, most Disney podcasts, like if you look, iTunes is a much better job of getting ones that sit for a while off of their, of their site. But it used to be like, they do like three, four five episodes and then they'd be done. Or then they do one, like one, like six months later. It's kind of how the decast was at first. Um, but gosh, there's so many podcasts that don't barely last a year or two years. And now it's like, wow, we five years. You know, I managed to keep you as a co-host for on since what summer. So yeah, that's been great. I haven't lost. I haven't lost another co-host, everybody. A lot of <laughs> Such you, an honor. A lot of you OG listeners like to make fun of me for that. I'm like, it's not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And I, I, you know, I still talk to like network 1901. I just had a conversation with Dale the other day and Josh actually from network 1901. We're still friends. I like to troll Shannon over her Raylo stuff that she always posts. Uh, so yeah, we're, I'm, I'm cool with them. And then gosh, it's just, it's been, it has been insane five years, but I do have an announcement regarding social media. If you're not following us on Twitter, on Instagram or Disney film facts on all those sites, make sure you do. So go to decast.com, but we have a winner for the Coco Blu-ray. Yes. So what we did is we asked everyone to go ahead and like our Facebook page and 
uh, if you've already liked our Facebook page, the Decast, go ahead and just leave a comment on any post. So I took all the time from basically yesterday up until when we announced it. I put them all in numbers and I had I said, hey, Siri, pick a random number. And Sean Williams. Oh, oh I said that. Siri just. <laughs> that's funny. Siri, Siri, Siri's trying to. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's funny. I got to be careful. I thought I had you on mute, Siri. Off. Okay, so Sean Williams, you were the winner of the yes, of Sean the, of the Coco Blu-ray digital download and DVD. Just make sure you contact us here. Either reach out to us on social media, uh, on Facebook, say yeah, awesome, I won, and then uh, we will get you that Blu-ray. We'll let's find out the best way for us to get it to you. And yeah, come. It's, it's I, I like giving out this stuff. And uh, also another announcement. Um, I um am a part of a committee that that's hosting the largest free comic-con i think in the world actually now medford comic-con it's in southern oregon very excited about this i will be the official dj for medford comic-con the largest free comic-con in the nation we're expecting seventeen thousand people this year nice so stoked about that it's two days april 27th and 28th also i'm going to be with a local comic book store hosting a saturday night viewing of avengers infinity war because they moved it avengers infinity war during the weekend of medford comic-con which i am stoked about so um, there's a there's a local comic book store here the dcast is gonna get in there with them and we're gonna host a screening um here for that so if you're in the pacific northwest Oh, or in California, you can make it up here. It's free. You just got to get your hotel. We have a partnership with the Holiday Inn Express where there's a block of rooms. You can get a good rate because it is two days. There's cosplay contests, like over 90 vendors. Just, oh, it's going to be amazing. I'm, I'm actually hosting the cosplay contest in all the categories. There's children, there's um, teenagers, there's adults and like seniors. I mean, it, it was fun last year, but I get to like host it as well so that'll See, be a that'll lot of fun. be fun yes yes so anybody in pacific northwest want to come down to medford or here in california want to come up to medford uh i it, the the cost is covered and there's gonna be plenty of things to do there's lots of things to do in southern oregon so the weather's gonna be great so i'd encourage you to come out i'm very excited about this it's kind of the first big thing we're sponsoring um yeah actually i'm doing some video work for them so i had a nice little trade and it's it's really cool so make sure you check that out i i just talked a lot skylar i'm sorry I need, no, I need, I need to this quiet. is what we want to hear. We want to hear the cool stuff going on with the decast. Yeah, I, well, hopefully, maybe uh, we can like get like you know be an official sponsor of like San Diego Comic Con one year. I don't know, probably not. But hey, hey, we're we're one step ahead. We're one step ahead. Medford Comic Con. It is. We, we we are an official sponsor of the large the world's largest free Comic Con. So that's a big deal. Yeah, yeah, and it is. And for those of you who have families, it is. We 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 pride ourselves on making it family friendly. So it, we're asking cosplayers to be family appropriate. We're not asking to be prudes, but just, you know, appropriate because there's going to be little kids around, you know. So it, it, it I, I, you should all come. It's going to be fun. I'm going to have a blast. We, we take over all of downtown Medford. They're closing down streets like, you know, 20 food trucks and just, oh, it's going to be so much fun. I'm excited. Make sure you check that out. With that, there were some movies that came out. And so we're going to continue on here with something called The Box office rundown i think we have some stuff to talk about skylar i think we do oh my gosh can we let's let's talk about a couple movies that went wide release and by wide release i mean in over 1500 theaters and didn't make the top five let's talk about gringo this, it came oh out this gosh. week yeah a new release starring Charlize theron david oliello um Charlotte copley's in it uh-huh. uh, joel edgerton this movie made two thousand dollars what oh, two thousand two 
two thousand dollars and two thousand four hundred screens. Or two, uh, yes, two million. I'm sorry. I was like, whoa, whoa, that's no, no. I'm looking at no, no, no. Okay. It made two million dollars on two thousand four hundred screens in its first week. Yep, uh, that is not good. Not good at all. What about the what? what what's this hurricane heist? What's this? Goodness. Uh, what do we know? Direct, so, so it's directed by Rob Cohen, who directed the very first Fast and the Furious movie. Uh-huh. Um, and they, the trailers, which were there, not they weren't everywhere. It wasn't marketed everywhere. But if you watch the trailers, they did their best to market this like a Fast and the Furious movie. Like, come out and see this. Yeah. It's from the director of Fast and the Furious, Hurricane Heist. And it, I know, and you know what I thought? I was like, ugh, this sounds like a spinoff to Geostorm. Uh <laughs> this this also opened in 2400 screens made 3 million dollars not good at all oh you know, you know a movie i saw this week uh annihilation i didn't like it i didn't the number 9 movie number this number 9 week. movie i did not like annihilation um i i i want to make this clear i love that they got an all female cast I love that it would totally flip the stereotypes, and that's not why I didn't like it. It just it was it dragged on for so long. It was just so monotone, right? And I didn't feel like there was any real stakes until like the very end, and then it was just I don't know. I was like I, I wanted more from it. I really did. I it was a little too cerebral for me. Yes, yes, that is a good way to put it. It was a little too cerebral. Um, uh, yeah, you know it. I don't I don't know when it goes foreign. Um, it's only been released in the U.S. markets. Mm-hmm. And as of right now, it's not going to make its money back. It's not. And I don't think it has anything to do with the fact that it's all female leads. Oh, no. I, I just think it's a story. It's not a movie for everyone at all. No, it's not. It's not. So let's go ahead and go to the top five here. Um, hmm. Game Night. I haven't seen this. I want to see this. I may go see this still. Coming in at $7.9 million. I believe uh, if you go to the Cinema Center right now, there's there's nothing there but a, but a time clock. But we had a review up there for this movie. And uh, what did you think of it? I thought it was really funny. I, you know, I... I laughed throughout the whole movie. Um, there's standout actors in this movie. Mm-hmm. I, I would say if you're a fan of Jason Bateman, uh, then this is a movie for you. If you like horrible bosses, um, uh, you know, the change up, anything with Jason Bateman as your star, this is a movie for you. Um, lots of fun little side characters. You know, there is a, uh, Lermorn Morris, who's, uh, uh, he's from New Girl. He he plays one of the funnier characters. And uh-huh. He and his he has this girlfriend that uh, he's upset with. And if you watch the movie, you'll get why he probably helps steal the movie. Uh, the new Aladdin. Uh, well, he's going to be in the new Aladdin. Billy Magnuson. He has uh, a couple funny lines. Jesse Plemons just steals this whole movie. Um, I think it's a, a solid comedy. It's not one of the funniest comedies of all time, but I think it's a really solid comedy. If you want a good laugh, this is the movie to see. Uh, it made $69 million worldwide, easily going to make its money back. Yeah. Warner Brothers is super happy. These guys that are directing it are John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein. They're going to actually be the directors on the new Flash movie for uh, the DC Universe. Ooh. So that could th- this movie might, you know, be there th- a good sign for things to come for them. So, you know, good for Warner Brothers for getting a nice R-rated comedy out there for people. 
Yeah, Warner Brothers needs to do something because uh, I, I every it seems like every week I'm hearing something about going well, that what's going on with the DCEU. They're leaving there. I don't know. I, I have hope for it still. I want it to be good, but yeah, it's been it's been Affleck gone yet. I don't even know. I keep hearing. Yeah, we don't. I don't know. Okay, we'll find out soon enough. Uh, number four, it is Red Sparrow. Red Sparrow is, of course, the Black Widow origin story. No, not really. Um, but that's what I keep thinking every time. Is it bad that I think that every time I see a preview? Um, no, I think a lot of you. Well, you're not alone. Um, I I've heard this movie's really nothing like uh, a Black Widow movie, though. Like it's, I, I don't. I it, this movie just does not interest me yeah. at all. There's the trailers don't look exciting. It looks kind of boring to me. So this is going to be one I skip. You you know that scene in uh, Age of Ultron where Black Widow is like she has the flashback of when she was being recruited and trained. Yeah, that's why that it's that flashback that makes me think of this movie, because the tone and feel is very, very similar to the trailer and previews that I've been seeing. I'm like, oh, it kind of feels like a but Yeah. But uh, John Negroni, our friend of the show, has reviewed it. And basically he said it was another misfire um, for Jennifer Lawrence. You have a great actress who just is not been in some great films. And I know there's people saying, oh, you know, she keeps, you know, working with Francis Lawrence. Francis Lawrence isn't the best director. Um, or maybe just Jennifer Lawrence peaked earlier in her career. And we're not going to mean she's won, what, two Oscars now? Oh, no, I, that I disagree with. So I, I, don't, I don't know. I, w- I will say this. She, I, I don't know. She, she her her career right now is the same as Michael Fassbender's. The talent is absolutely there. There is talent. However, whoever their agents are, mm-hmm. they might need to reconsider. Yeah, yeah. What was the one with Chris Pratt? She did. I can't remember the name off the top of my head. Oh, Passengers. Passengers. I was really excited for that, and it was just the. I don't know. There's a lot of script. Like, Very disappointing. I, as I'm learning more about directing and stuff, I'm finding out a lot of movies. I thought, oh, you know, the director didn't do a good job. Like, no, it wasn't the director. It was whoever wrote this thing. And the director just took a check and did the best they could. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, which brings us to our number three movie, which I know nothing about. It is, of course, a horror film. Um, horror films seem to be in a little bit of a resurgence right now. Strangers Pray at Night. $10.4 million from uh, Averon? I don't I don't know this this distributor, this studio. Uh must be a small indie studio. <clears throat> Looks like they've only done two films. Uh another one called Kidnap in 2017 last year. Uh oh, the Halle Berry movie. Yes, yes. So they're they gosh. Um I know nothing about it. It looks like it's had some uh let's just um grassrootsness to it. People are going to the horror. I'm discovering this because there's a very faithful where I live group of horror film goers that they are a very, very faithful and dedicated group of people. When there's a horror film oh, yeah. out, whether it's good or not, they'll go see it several times because they love the genre and they want the genre to get more credit. And exactly. I think it was big, especially with get out winning best screenplay. Uh, Jordan Peele winning best screenplay for get out for the horror genre. We're going to see more horror films. Personally, think the Get Out probably should have won Best Picture, but that's a discussion for another time. Uh, that's just me, though. So, Strangers Pray at Night. Um, I thought it's not, I think it's at my theater. I, I, I yeah, it's probably a good thing. So, uh, our friend Martin from the Cinema Insider, uh, rev- he he actually did review it. Obviously, the site's under construction right now. Mm-hmm. It's not a good review at all. I think it's his worst movie of the year. Oh wow. Uh, 
And then Ben, our our own Ben Solo saw it and he said it's his worst of the year too. Okay, so he uh, said it's not good. He said avoid it. So if it's not at your theater, then maybe you just dodge the biggest bullet. Yep. There we go. I'm at, uh, well my theater's under construction like and they split it in half that my theater, you go in and there's like, there's one hall for one group of screens and another hall for another. They just they close down one and they put recliners and reserve seating on one. And now they're doing the other side. So they're not playing a whole lot, but nice. I, I got to sit in recliners yesterday and You're like finally he, heated seats. But the one thing I'm noticing is people in my town, because my town used to be a small town. Uh, it's growing rapidly because we're right on the border uh, with California. So a lot of Californians are coming up here. They're buying real estate. They're they're buying homes here because it's just a lot cheaper to live here in California. And still, we like we have direct flights to San Francisco and L.A. from our airport, which was a small airport. It's now a large airport. We have large, you know, 737s flying out of here now, which we didn't before. Uh, so it's growing rapidly. So we have a lot of people who've gone to that theater for a long time and it's expanded. It's, it didn't used right. to be owned by Cinemark. It's owned by Cinemark now. Um and they don't understand this whole concept of reserved seating. So they go, they buy their ticket and they just sit where they want. And then, you know, you go up like, Hey, that's my seat. Oh, there's another seat over there. I'm like, no, this is my seat. I reserve this seat. So it's just, it's funny. It's funny. Yeah, it's tough. So people, and so I got to the point that I, uh, I'm friends with a lot of managers and I was talking with one Johnny and he was saying, yeah, we've had some like, like people yelling at us because they're saying it's how ridiculous and stupid it is and it's like sorry you need to this is the rules now this is how it works but oh the price of progress the price of progress but yes. I'm talking too much I'm sorry I'm awfully talking to today uh, Wrinkle in top Time one. number two Buena Vista Pictures that's Disney of course has the top two movies in the box office 33.3 million dollars Wrinkle in Time is of course based on the novel um, was directed by our our, our favorite director, Ava DuVernay, starring oh, Mindy Kaling, Oprah Winfrey, uh, the girl from Sweet, Sweet Home Alabama Girl. Yes, Ruth Witherspoon. Um, oh, gosh. What do I say about this film? I go. You go first, Skylar. I, it's not good. Oh, I it's not. I don't I don't I don't want to say it. And I was I, oh. Ava, I love you. And I don't think this is your fault at all. Um, I don't either. We'll talk about it on our date. Um, <laughs> no, this was not Ava's fault at all. Um, uh, it, it is also known that this book is very hard to adapt oh, to yeah. big screen. Um, so you already had that on your the weight of your shoulders. You're coming off of a horrible Disney interpretation about 10, 15 years ago that wasn't received well. Um, you know, it's... It's it was very the the writing and the editing were probably some of the mm -hmm. I won't it wasn't it was probably what hurt it the most because yes. the kids were fantastic yes um we're gonna see St Storm Reed is gonna break out because yep. of this movie yep. Levi Miller who this might be Levi Miller's comeback story because he was in that awful movie Pan from Warner Brothers yes know. yes yes I I was I was excited about that film I, yeah I was looking forward to it too um you know that movie ended up you know bombing for the studio not getting the best reviews and now he's put in a wrinkle in time and he was one of the the, the bright spots of the movie yes. um i think he's gonna finally see a resurgence in his career oprah was fantastic and she movie. was she owned her role um you know it's it, like i said it, it visually it's it's a beautiful movie visually um zach galifianakis is actually oh, really yeah, funny he was hilarious it. yeah he was great uh, michael Reese. pena michael pena 
Yeah, that was a that was that was actually I forgot. I that. did too. He makes an opinion uh, an appearance. Um, Chris Pine was fine. Uh-huh. Uh, Gugu and Batha Raw usually can do no wrong to me. Um, Reese Witherspoon, I wasn't feeling the character. I think it was I think the character. Was, yeah, I think she was miscast. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, Mindy Kaling was okay. I. I the kids really stole this movie and uh, Ava DuVernay really did her best to bring something beautiful to light. I love the message. The, the message movie was brings. great. Yes. You know, it's it, you know, it just, you know, it sometimes it doesn't work out. And in this case, it just, it didn't work. And uh, trust me when I say this, that Disney right now is going to work with Ava DuVernay again. Oh yeah. Yeah. On something huge. Um, I, what's funny to me is I, when I went to this the show yesterday, I bought my tickets for me, my daughter, and my wife like six hours before, and they were sold out uh, or close to being sold out at that time. So I'm like, okay. We got there. It was a full theater, which I was surprised given the the kind of poor ratings I've been seeing or reviews. Um, gosh, I... I, I, I think this is one of those movies. My daughter loved it. Like she absolutely adored the oh, film. Oh, kids are going to love this movie. They're going to eat it up. I think this would be like one of those like land before time or hooks where, you know, kids are going to grow up with it and like it. It's just, you know, like hook was panned. <laughs> hook, yeah. was pan- hook was, panned, was panned by, by critics. And I, I looking back as someone who, you know, critiques movies and as a film student, I'm like, yeah, that movie actually has some big problems. But I don't care because I loved it as a kid and it brings back such good memories for me. I could watch it a thousand times. Sure. Uh, so I'm, I'm wondering if that's what Wrinkle in Time is going to be for a lot for, for this younger generation, because it it's a great story from a directorial point of view. You see Ava DuVernay's hands all over it. She loves the dead space, not the dead space, but like the. The, the neutral space, you know, in a shot, she loves the rack focus, you know, going from one person to focus another from at a distance from a directorial point of view, you see her hands all over it until you get into the heavy CGI part. And then it's kind of like, I can't tell whose movie this is anymore. Exactly. Um, the, no, I totally agree. In the third act, it doesn't look like an Ava DuVernay movie anymore. So, but that's, no, when it the, doesn't. that's when the action picks up though, in the story, which leads me to my point. I think the problem with, like you said, with this film was the screenplay adapting it from the book very difficult um to do you can't hit all the points in the the book this book's also you know a ser- a part of a series of five or six books so you know but they did they were able to at some point get the line it was a dark and stormy night in there so there was that <laughs> yeah that's true so that is the number uh two movie and at number one $41 million, Wakanda Forever, Black Panther, they're killing it. Uh, passed the $1 billion mark this week worldwide. I, I, I finally was able to buy a Black Panther t-shirt because they've been sold out where I live for so long. I'm so excited to have one now. Gosh, I, I've i seen this movie five times, and I'll probably see it again. I I love this film. Love it. Like, There's nothing else for me to see in the movie theater right now. I'm going to go see this one again just because I can. You know, it's especially once again with movie pass, it's an awesome thing to have. Yes. Um, it made a billion dollars in 24 days. Not a lot of films can say that mm-hmm. it's now it right now. It's the 21st highest grossing movie of all time. Um, apparently it opened this weekend in China and just crushed in China. Um, 
so it's gonna it's gonna go up. The it, it might hit 1.5 billion when it's all said and yeah. done. I don't think it hits the two billion mark, but for a Marvel film that's not titled Avengers to uh-huh. hit 1.5 billion dollars, that's insane. And yeah, if you have not seen this film, you need to go see the Black Panther. Black Panther from Marvel Studios, so good. It's leading up to Infinity War, which they just moved Infinity War back a week. Which is crazy. Moved it up. Move it up the week, yes. Moved it up to April 26th or 25th, I believe, is the official date now. Let me look and make sure because I don't want to. You guys. 27th? 20, April 27th. So it means it'll come out on the 26th of that Thursday night. Oh, that's ins- uh, I'm, I'm very, very excited about that. But the question is will Infinity War beat Black Panther at the box office? Oh, no question. I, as much as I love Black Panther, that it, this is a mo- Infinity War is the culmination of 17 MCU films. Yes. And it, it's this is going to be the one where it's, you know, it, it could end things for a lot of characters that we know and love. Um, we'll have to wait and see. I, I'm glad they're moving it back. <clears throat> one thing there, there's I think I heard there was three reasons they moved it back. One, to get it away from. Uh, the, the, the Deadpool 2, which I, I, I've heard rumors. It may not be the juggernaut we think it is. Um, I've just heard some mumblings. And that's all I'm going to say. Uh, some people who maybe shouldn't have been saying things have said some things. Also, you have Han Solo uh, solo film coming out. So they want to move it away from that. So not to hurt either one of those movies chances. And also um, it was coming out the weekend of May the, fo- May the 4th, that same weekend. Uh, mm-hmm. It was coming out on May the 4th, which to have a Marvel film come out on Star Wars Day for Disney. Sure. A little problematic. Just a there, little bit. You know, the studio wants to give Solo breathing room. Yeah. That's that's going to be your big thing, because Infin- even when Solo and Deadpool 2 come out, Infinity War is still going to be crushing the box oh, office. Yeah. It, yeah. it doesn't matter how well Solo or Deadpool 2 do. Infinity War is going to be the cr- the big blockbuster this summer um they wanted to give their own movie you know disney wants to give disney breathing room yeah obviously and of course deadpool 2 is going after the same demographic same demographic and ultimately with disney eventually getting all the rights to fox that movie doing well is important for disney as well um they don't outright own fox right now but that's going to be important for fox for that franchise to continue to do do well right uh, into the future so, and what I love about Infinity War, and Marvel is so smart about this, all the promotional material, you know, we had the Entertainment Weekly, the, the 17 different covers came out this weekend, which they're all beautiful and amazing. Uh, but it's so Wakanda heavy. Wakanda plays such an important role, at least what we're seeing from the trailers, that people are, are who, do, who wouldn't normally go see Infinity War are so caught up in the Black Panther hype. They want to see essentially what's a Black Panther sequel how Wakanda fits into this larger universe, you know, what's going on with those, those in credit scenes and so on and so forth. So, you know, what's like with Bucky, what's happened with Bucky and, you know, what's his arm made of and so on. Very smart, very, very smart of Marvel to do infinity war, move it back when there's still all this black Panther. I mean, there's a good chance that we'll have black Panther in movie theaters because it's doing so well leading up to infinity war, (laughs) which is insane. It, yeah. No, it's super nuts. Yeah. But it, but the, to answer your question, yes, Infinity War is going to crush Black Panther's uh, box office. Uh, what do you think? 1.5 or $2 billion? 
for Infinity War? Yeah. Oh, it's it's it'll hit two billion easy. All right, all right. You heard it here first. First, two billion dollars for Infinity War, and that, my friends, is the box office rundown. And uh, what movies did you see this week? And let us know what movies are you going to be seeing. I'm hyping up for uh, Ready Player One. Uh, that'll be uh, that'll be good. Yeah. I'm excited for Ready Player One. Yeah. Kind of curious about Tomb Raider too, but Tomb we'll see. Ra- yeah, we'll see. We had some trailers. Skylar, tell us about these trailers we we, we saw. I, I, I'm 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 stoked. I'm stoked. Okay, so oh, there's there's some good trailers. Um, let's talk about Mary Poppins Returns. Yes, at the this Oscars. Was kind of, I'm, I'm going to say this was kind of the shocker. Uh, Lin Manuel Miranda was on the red carpet talking with Michael Strahan, and he had announced that a trailer was going to drop during the Oscars, and sure enough, it did. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we we see a little bit of Lin Manuel Miranda. Uh, we see what what looks to be um, uh, Jane and Michael Banks's kids now, mm-hmm. and we uh, just a beautiful shot of you know that classic cherry tree lane that we all grew up with yes um, that house with the pirate it looked kind of, you know how the top of the house always looked like a you know a a a ship mm-hmm. it's that same look the house looked the same oh it's just awesome visually it looked fantastic um we see that little trick that they they used from the original mary uh-huh. Poppins, where you know the mirror yeah where mary poppins talks to herself and she she looks back at this trailer is fantastic um if you were at D23, then this you got a little bit of this uh, at D23. So they brought a lot of that into this trailer. Um, I'm super stoked for this film. I've been doing my best to follow it for the last like two, three years. So, And we got a nice little poster, too. Yes. And we got to do our best to get Lin-Manuel Miranda on this show. I Yeah, has to happen. Lin, get on the show. That's all I'm going to say about that right now. Uh so Obi-Wan was in a trailer this week with, uh, yeah. Oh man. So this, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to admit it. I probably shouldn't admit it. My, one uh, of my favorite movies of all time is Mary Poppins. So I've, I've of course I'm going to look forward to Mary Poppins returns. Mm-hmm. This Christopher Robin trailer Whoa. beat out that Mary Poppins. Yes, it did. Easy. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you go to Disney I'm shocked. I haven't gotten the email yet from Disney. Um, I released some pretty big details on this movie regarding how this movie plays out, what what you can expect from this movie. Um, a few days later, the trailer's here, and a lot of my reports have been confirmed. Um, you know, it's the trailer though is fantastic. You know, you get a sense of Christopher Robin is now older. He's, you know, he's he, he works for the bank and he's going through a rough time and he doesn't know what to do. It looks like he's lost. And who is there behind him to help him through everything? That silly old bear, Winnie the Pooh. And just when you hear Jim Cummings, you know, say Christopher Robin. It you know so it you you get emotional you're mm-hmm. like oh my that's 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 every that's not my childhood that's not your childhood that's that's everyone's childhood yep. everyone has grown up with you know Winnie the Pooh you can be as young as you know a two year old like my son or you can be as old as you know an eighty year old woman they everyone's grown up with Pooh because that's just how long the legacy of this character has been around. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've Disney has done a good job of keeping this character relevant. Through yes. The years. Yes. Uh, I, and I'm going to say it. I thought Pooh looked fantastic. He did. Yeah. You know, I'm glad they're doing that because Pooh is a stuffed animal. 
He That's is. how he's always been in the cartoon. He was stuffed um, in previews. He was stuffed and that's, he has that stuffed look and I think that's perfect. Mm-hmm. And he's got the little red sweater on, or the mm-hmm. little red t-shirt on. Um, yeah, I think this is perfect. And you know, the whole Paddington versus Pooh thing that's been all over the internet. recently. Yeah. Like, people don't understand. Paddington is a real, is supposed to be a real bear. Where Winnie the Pooh is supposed to be, you know, a plush bear that was owned by a child. In this case, Ewan McGregor's Christopher Robin. Um, Some little details to just to uh, fill fill everyone in. Um, Tigger, Eeyore, Piglet and Kanga will also be uh, stuffed as they were, you know, in the show. Rabbit and Owl will be actual animals. As they are in the books. Exactly. So that's something to kind of keep your eye out on. But I love the trailer. Love the poster. I think it's I as much, both good trailers, both good posters. But yes. Christopher Robin has now skyrocketed to somewhere near the top of my most anticipated list for the rest of the year. I think I was I wasn't even like looking forward that much to this film. Now I'm like, oh, my gosh, like this is my most anticipated film right now. Give us more looks. Give us a new trailer. Yes. I want to see the rest of the characters. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's transition here. We've got some trailers. Coco came out on Blu-ray this past week. We've given out a copy. Sean, come get your copy of Coco. Uh, love the love the extras on it. But Coco won Best Animated Feature and Best Original Song at the 90th Annual Academy Awards of Motion Pictures and Sciences, also known as the Oscars. What is your reaction? I mean, is this well-deserved? That, oh, well, don't, don't you think I- Ferdinand or Boss Baby should have won? Well, to okay, to uh, for yeah, don't need to get started. Um, to be fair, I really think Loving Vincent. I w- I'm not going to say ha- w- should win, but I think Loving Vincent was some stiff competition. It was for a good Coco. film, and it was revolutionary. Each frame of that film was a separate canvas painting. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful movie. Oh, like gosh, that yeah. would be the one that would worry me now what's sad for loving Vincent is it just happened to come out on the year of the best animated film of 2017, which was Coco. Yep. Um, there's Coco was the no brainer win. I'm not going to say best song was a no brainer win though. Like I, I, yeah, I thought I, okay. I'm not the greatest showman fan as a movie. However, the soundtrack, yeah, the soundtrack is good. It was done by Pasek and Paul who did La La Land and are actually doing the music for Aladdin. Um, you know, it's, I thought this is me could have been the one to win. I I thought it was, I think the difference, we'll put it over the top. This is me felt a little poppy to me. Whereas Coco is just uh, remember me was something for American audiences, a little yeah. different. Yeah, I well, here's the oh, first off, like remember me is such a good song and it really encapsulates the film. But I don't even think remember me is the best song in Coco. Oh, Poco Loco. I love Poco oh, yeah. Loco. Oh, Poco Loco is the best song. Um, uh but, you know, Remember Me won. I'm happy. I liked the song Remember Me. I'm not going to get upset that another song didn't win. Mm-hmm. Disney just got another award. Good for them. Yeah. Remember Me is a fantastic song. So with that said, uh, Pixar, with Coco winning, uh, they lost Darla K. Anderson this week. Yeah, like the she, day after she won the Oscar. Yeah, Basically, yeah. So she left the company and I'm going to read her 
Um, I'm going to read a couple statements uh, from some of the people in the industry. I'm going to read. Uh, I'm going to read Anderson's first, but Anderson has said she's leaving to pursue other creative and uh, philanthropic endeavors. Mm -hmm. Um, But this is Anderson's uh, statement to The Hollywood Reporter. I've had a magical and privileged experience working at Pixar for over two decades. Uh, She was with the company for 25 years. Yeah. The creative, the creativity and imagination and innovation at Pixar is second to none. And I'm truly grateful to have been a part of its historic journey and hold my excitement for the next chat. My next chapter. Uh, Bob Iger had this to say. Darla has been a creative force in animation and a strong voice at Pixar for 25 years. She's made an indemnable mark on the industry as an Oscar-winning producer and a relentless champion for stories that reflect the diversity of the global audience. She takes my best wishes with her as she sets a course for her next adventure. And then uh, a couple more statements. One was from uh, Ed Catmull, who is the president of Pixar and Walt Disney Animation Studios. I have had the pleasure of working closely with Darla for 25 years. She was there from the beginning and when we were all figuring everything out on how to make a computer graphics animated film. I personally owe her a debt of gratitude and all my contributions to the studios and our industry. Um, And there was a bunch of other people that had something to say, whether it was Jim Morris, who was one of uh, the chiefs at Pixar or Leon Crick, who directed Coco. Mm -hmm. Um, And Anderson's credits included, you know, Bugs Life, Monsters, Inc. She worked on Cars and Toy Story 3, which she actually won an Oscar. uh, she won an Oscar for, and was also nominated for an Oscar. Uh, that was also the year uh, they were nominated for best picture. Mm -hmm. Um, so she, so Anderson leaves on a super high note. She's very respected from the Disney company. She's very respected. Something that I didn't put in my article on Disney film facts that I noticed a lot of other you know, reporters put in their article is the fact that they wanted to say that Anderson leaving the studio comes after what happened with John Lasseter. Yeah. And in all honesty, I'm going to say it up front. I don't think that two and two have anything to do with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, now, now I, who knows that I'm just saying that what I think now, who knows, God forbid. And I would hate for this to be a, a reason God forbid Darla K. Anderson left because she was going after a higher role in Pixar and Pixar apparently is known for their boys club. Yes. Uh, so I hope that's not the reason I hope what I hope what she's saying that she's leaving for other creative endeavors is true. Um, you know, she's not the only one to leave the, the you know, the Disney company in the last, uh, you know, month, uh, Nathan Greno, who's actually really, uh, a really good friend of mine, uh, who, you know, directed Tangled and mm-hmm. Bolt and worked on Mulan. He actually left to go to Skydance studios. Oh, wow. and, uh, you know, he, he left the company on a high note. He left on good terms. So I, I'm hoping this, the same is with Darla K. Anderson, but everyone speaks in high regard with, uh, Darla. So, you know, good on her. Yep, yep. I that's one thing I noticed everyone's saying that has something to do with John Lasseter or she couldn't get her motion. We we don't know. We she was to be to work any place for twenty five years now is, is amazing and yeah, you want to do something else. I, I, I get that. There's nothing wrong with that. It should be, it's it's sure. very noble um to be in one place for twenty five years to see a company grow. 
You know, of course, with all, all the reports of things going on at Pixar, she very, very much was probably aware of the the boys club mentality that was there. Um, we don't know, but I mean, there's a good, you're there for 25 years. You work closely with some of these people. You probably witnessed it, experienced it, saw it. So, and she's just ready to move on. So who knows? Who knows? But uh, lastly, what I want to talk about here is we're getting this, this Star Wars um, live action series, which is strange to say in and of itself, because uh, we're not getting another animated series because Rebels just ended, which I cried during the last episode of Rebels. Really enjoyed Rebels. Love that, that the, the animated series. But John Favreau has been tapped by Disney and Lucasfilm to write and produce live action Star Wars series. And this is getting a lot of mixed reaction. People like very much like John Favreau. Of course, he did the Jungle Book, a lot of other great films. He's, of course, as lucky in, in the Iron Man films. Sure. But people are saying, why didn't, why didn't Star Wars Lucasfilm Disney hire a person of color, hire a woman? A lot of like, oh, it's just another white guy. Oh, I, well, what do we think about this? Like, okay. So, okay. So there's a, uh, I'm going to be really careful with what I say. Mm-hmm. There's a couple things I want to say about this, uh, this story in general. First, um, John Favreau is an amazing talent. Mm-hmm. He kicked off the Marvel cinematic universe with Iron Man. Uh, he gave us one of the best, you know, reimaginings of all time in the jungle book. Yes, he did. Disney has so much faith in him that he's going to create the Lion King. Uh, Disney's wanted to work with him uh, outside of these remakes. He he was tapped to do Magic Kingdom for Disney like 10 years ago. Um, A movie about a family that uh, went to visit the Disney parks and all the rides came to life. Kind of like a night of the museum, but Disney side. That'd be awesome. Um, Yeah, that he was attached to that like 10 years ago. He was supposed to direct Pixar's first live action film, uh, 1903. Um, but that got put on the back burner. So John Favreau and Disney have a wonderful relationship and he's just proven time and time and again that he gives us quality content. So he does. And he's only right. So he's going to write and produce this series. Um, It's probably going to be more the writing side that people are going to want to be more aware of. However, they can still Disney can still get people of color to go in here and direct episodes of this show. They can get people of color to help John Favreau write this show. Um, John Favreau is basically just going to show run this series. He's a showrunner. Exactly, exactly. Exactly. So I think we're jumping the gun on an announcement that we're still kind of waiting. He's still busy with the Lion King. Mm-hmm. Um, that's still an active production as we speak. Yep. Um, so he's going to need help writing it. He's going to need some help producing direct. He's going to need, he's not directing this series. Yeah. Um, and if the series is good, they're going to want to keep it on for, for years to come. Uh, so I think we're jumping the gun on the whole, uh, let's, why didn't they get someone, uh, a woman or, uh, you know, a black lady, Hispanic and Asian, I, I think we're just go, jumping the gun a little too quick on an announcement. Uh, I, I think we are going to get people of color directing these movies. And if like we talked about earlier, Jordan Peele just won an Oscar for screenplay like Disney's going to take note of that. It's, you know, doors are opening. If Coco didn't prove anything to anyone or Black Panther, I, I really think that we, we're just jumping the gun on this on this announcement, per se. Now, if 
if this was announcement that John Favreau was directing a new trilogy of films outside of the Ryan Johnson trilogy, uh, then I, then I can see where people are coming from. But this is a this is going to be a showrunner. He's going to need help. Yeah. You know, Disney is doing their best to open doors. Look at we we just talked about Ava DuVernay directing a big budget. A film like Wrinkle in Time, someone they're going to want to work with. Ryan Coogler is directing Disney's one of Disney's biggest box office hits of all time, yes. Black Panther. So I think that I think the the ups the people that are upset, which I could I would understand if it was a movie franchise. I think we're jumping the gun. Now I, I will say this: I think where people are getting kind of upset is because every <clears throat> excuse me director. And people are saying, I've, I've read things, oh, he's directing. He's not directing. He is a showrunner. He's producing and writing. Um, has Every director of a Star Wars film has been a white, straight male. So it's kind of been like, okay, can we get someone else to come in? And, and that's, that's okay. And I can admit that's a fair assumption for the movie universe. Absolutely. Yes. However... It did. Yeah. I kind of want to be careful with how I'm saying, you know, people of color are just now really coming into the game in terms of giving us content, quality content. Um, because when we look at that, like people of color directors in the 90s, there's a couple. But you think of like your John Singletary's or your, you know, your Tim, uh, Tim stories. Those aren't guys you really think as your Star Wars director. Mm-hmm. But now we have people like Ava DuVernay, Jordan Peele, Ryan Coogler, Patty Jenkins, uh, I, I, uh, Greta Gerwig. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, Lucasfilm was just talking to uh, Reed Morano, who's the uh, female, one of the female writers for The Handmaid's Tale. Yeah. Um, we're just jumping the gun on the show, but yeah. I get what you're saying. I get where people are upset on the movie side. Of course, yeah, I, I get it. But I think with so much Star Wars coming, um, we're gonna get a, a person of color, a woman directing the Star Wars film. Like, let's let's talk about the Game of Thrones for a second. Uh-huh. Those Game of Thrones writers that are uh, Benioff and I'm stalling on the other guy's name. I know you're talking about. Yeah, they're doing a they're they're writing star wars films they're mm-hmm. only writing they're not directors so who's to say disney doesn't put ava duvernay patty jenkins ryan coogler on a star wars film here in the future disney has so much in the works that are, isn't even announced yet i think we're gonna see an ava duvernay directed star wars film though I, I, I don't know i don't know if she'd be down for that but i would love i would, I would love to see her do more marvel type these big budget films i think ava duvernay, ava duvernay and ryan coogler are two of the most important directors of our time right now with what they're doing the content they're producing and just the, the, the doors they are kicking open for people of color for for women that you know we saw this at the oscars i mean um three of the last four best directors have been from mexico like when, yeah. when certain politicians say that Mexico isn't sending us their best people. Oh, yeah, they are. Um, excuse me. Yes, they are. The Oscars just oh, yeah. proved it. So, um, yeah, exactly. Del Toro, Corona and Inaritu. Uh, um, yeah. Inaritu for uh, Birdman and The Revenant. Oh, gosh. Exactly. Love, love the amazing films. Amazing films. So I, I think people are are they're, they're anxious to see more. My guess is 
having John Favreau was in the works for this, you know, for a long time, probably close to a year as far as talking, and they just announced it. But yeah, I, will, I, I totally agree. I would love to see more people of color, more diversity in casting. Um, you know, obviously the whole, you know, diversity writer that was talked about by, um, I'm thinking Fargo, I'm thinking Three Billboards. Why can't I remember her name? Oh, uh, Frances McDormand. Frances McDormand. Like, yes, we need that. We need, I mean, even just in not only in casting and directing, but you know, in like grips, you know, you talk, you hear people talk about on cruise just for grip positions. People say, oh, grip positions, that's just a man's world. No, there are plenty of women who would love to be have grip positions or just, you know, underline crew positions, you know, less white males doing that. And the, 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 that those doors are opening up and we'll see more and more of that. And especially as we see, you know, Academy voters get, you know, more diverse, you know, less, you know, just same kind of person voting for this. We'll see a lot more diversity. Uh, I understand, but I'm with you. I understand where people are coming from. John Favreau is a qualified producer writer. I don't, he's not going to be directing any of these. He's going to be kind of like a Kevin Feige on this show, showrunner, essentially. Exactly. Kevin Feige is essentially, he's a producer. He's essentially a showrunner for, you know, a, a one, you know, one series of like 20 episodes that are, you know, three hours each, essentially. Exactly. <laughs> so, so I, I, I get it. I get it. With that, I don't think, is there any other news we need to talk about? We've gone, gosh, we're almost at an hour here. Goodness gracious. We're not even doing a Disneyland report this week. Oh, I'm sorry. It's my fault. I left, I left Ben out. To, I, yeah. I'm sorry, Ben. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's no, it's no. I, I think we shot through the news this week. We did, we did. So, guys, what do you think about the news this week? What do you think about the Oscars? Let us know. Make sure you like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram. Let us know what you want to hear from us. Sean Williams, make sure you contact us to get that Coco Blu-ray DVD and digital download. And yes. Skyler, uh, where can people reach you? You can find me all over social media at Disney Film Facts. And uh, like Andy said at the top of the show, check out DisneyFilmFacts.com for all the latest uh, breaking movie news in the world of Disney. And um, follow the DCast everywhere. Yes. We are everywhere. Everywhere. Except Pinterest. We're not on Pinterest. but Not yet. Not yet. I, I have a Pinterest account. I think my wife started me one. I don't know. Pinterest. It's it's I don't know. It's Pinterest. Also, have you been have you been doing Vero at all? Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> that slow, clunky, horrible oh. social media site. It was cool for like a week. Everyone was getting one. And now you don't hear anyone talking no about it. No one's talking about it. I'm looking at it right now. No one's doing anything. It's bad. Yeah, no. It's a clunky mess. It's clunky. And the only reason I did it is because Leo Camacho said, hey, I'm doing this. Come check it out. And then like. No one's on anymore. I, I I need to tweet out. Hey, is Vero still a thing? Yeah, right. Exactly. So you can't follow Decast on Vero. You can follow me on all the various social media networks at Andy Herndon and go to decast.com for all of our social links uh, and Patreons. Make sure you uh, keep checking up with us. Uh, you can support this show on Patreon. Go to decast.com. Click on our Patreon link. You can uh, follow us there. And I think that's all we have, Skylar. I think so. All right. With that, guys, thank you for listening to episode number 154 of The D-Cast.
You are now listening to a member of the Disney Podcast family. Head over to Disney Podcast family on Instagram to see all the latest posts for this show and links to other great Disney podcasts.